God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity, you need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes, I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. So I don't know if you have been living under a rock or not. Girl, you've probably been minding your business. But listen, I'm going to let you mind mine for a second. Last weekend at Woman Thou Art Loosed, I experienced a passing of the baton. My father, who has been a pioneer in women's ministry for 30 years, had his final conference, Woman Thou Art Loosed. At that conference, 20,000 women gathered to experience the grace and anointing that has led literally millions of women to freedom and breakthrough. Little did I know that at the end of the conference, he was going to, I still get emotional thinking about it, but that he was going to point them in the direction of Woman Evolve. He would point them in the direction of the work that Woman Evolve does every day to help women feel seen. I want to talk a little bit more about this with you next week. I'm going to do something I've never done, a solo podcast, unpacking what that moment meant to me, how I'm growing as a result of it, and how I feel like there's a message in it for us all to continue to do the work that we feel called to, the work that awakens our creativity and authenticity, whether it's something we do full-time or part-time. But this week, I wanna focus on domestic violence awareness. Many of us know that October is a month that we acknowledge breast cancer survivors, but also domestic violence survivors. Woman Evolve has been working on a project to help give voice, visibility, and just connection to women who have experienced domestic violence. Through a scripted series called Angelina, we hope to show the generational impact of domestic violence, but also the unraveling of that generational curse. But first, I wanna have a conversation with a woman I deeply admire. Her name is Tiffany Mensa, and literally daily, she is helping women survive, escape, and rebuild from the grasp of domestic violence. Also joining me is writer and director of Angelina, Taya Roberts. Sit back and have a conversation with us that whether you're experiencing domestic violence or just connected with a woman who has, I believe this conversation is going to help bring strength, liberty, wisdom, love, compassion, and empathy for us all. Let's get into it. I'm so excited about us having this conversation because Woman Evolve is doing something that we've never done before and hoping to present um, a real life yet scripted um, experience that many women have endured, have survived, are currently in. And I'm so proud of this project, but we wanted to really add some texture and layer and actual factuals to it by um, bringing you in, Tiffany, to talk about 
domestic violence, to talk about the experiences that you have in helping other women, but also to just give some context to why it's so important that we continue to tell this story. I don't know about you, but I feel like October comes around. Many of us recognize it as Domestic Violence Awareness Month, but sometimes a movement can become so commercialized, so universal, that it's difficult to really add names and experiences and faces to what domestic violence is. Woman Evolve TV has produced a short series that really gives context to domestic violence, the generational implications of domestic violence, and hopefully a more intimate view of what it looks like to be caught as someone who is witnessing domestic violence, but also someone who is experiencing it and how it often happens from generation to generation. I have invited writer and director of Angelina Taya Roberts and my friend Tiffany Minza, a domestic violence advocate, for us to have a conversation about domestic violence and why it is so important that we continue to keep it at the forefront of our women's movement to recognize that not every woman is in a position to move or feels empowered to do so. So thank you both so much for being a part of this conversation. Tiffany, I want to start with you. Can you get just tell us a little bit about your backstory, your heart and passion for domestic violence and why you think it's important that we continue to have these discussions, especially in places of faith? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having having me. My story starts at really like a young child witnessing it. I watched my mother um, be abused from the ages of seven all the way up until 17. She broke the courage to get free from my father. Uh, during that time, my father was also a preacher as well. And so going through the cycles of back and forth, she would leave a total of seven to eight different times until the marriage was finalized. And my trauma happened, not just witnessing it, but also being on the run with her, staying with those who weren't really trained on domestic violence. So there was a lot of empathy towards mom, but the kid was looked at as extra baggage, not understanding the way we process. We can't put words to it. So your behaviors are looked at and you're judged by those behavior behaviors and those words are counted as seed and how they're looking at you versus your, your parent. Right. So from there I started, I wanted safety and from what I was experiencing at home and I started dating guys thinking that I'm going to get my romantic story. I'll just feel love. And I ended up, I started having my first experiences of domestic violence in high school, emotional and verbal while in college it then led to physical um, and even through college uh, after college. And then once I started getting into corporate, I'm starting to become the abuser and I'm becoming like my father, like, oh, I'm making money. I'm going to control you. And honestly, it was this vicious cycle of toxic relationship after toxic relationship until my pivot point hit. And I started going to counseling and in counseling was able to take me through the journey and connect back that what I was witnessing, I was just mirroring. But all along, I was like, I'm not going to be like my parents, I'm not going to have this relationship 
seeing the church support my father and tell my mom, like, pray it away and tell my mom, you need to be a better wife or tell my mom, God is just, he's testing you. It turned me away. Like, I, I feel like God is condoning this. So I can't run to the church to get that strength. I don't even know how to process the word and how I'm hearing it because I see him preach the word, but it's, it doesn't feel real when I go home. So how do I manage that? I'm just going to manage it through the streets. And so it was that cycle until I ended up being in college and going me in counseling and counseling allowed me to start taking those tangible steps. I started being able to, as I healed, I was able to hear the word of God differently and get into a healthy church that took a stand against domestic violence. I felt like the pastor of that church really wrapped his arms around caring for my mom and myself, our souls and our healing. And to say, Hey, that's not who God is, that God isn't representative of that and how it still goes back to the garden and he, being able to hear those practical ways paired with the counseling allowed me to really understand that, okay, God didn't. And I started venturing into a relationship with God and understanding the word of God to under, to see like, oh, wait, wait, the scriptures were twisted a little bit, a, well, a lot of it, you know? Um, and from there, my mom ended up becoming an advocate on the front line for over 15 years of domestic violence advocacy. And she mentioned before, like, hey, like you should come along and represent the child. No, you go ahead. I support you. That you know, that's that's how you are. You know, your your passion is. But I feel like I'm I'm over here. I belong in this corporate space, right? But then um, I got married, healed and hold, and got married and married my purpose partner. And he recommended that I like write my story. I had written a paper in college, and it was so therapeutic. I kept writing, and he was like, "Pick up that manuscript from a place of healing and wholeness and put it out there." I inherited two bonus daughters, adult daughters when we got married and he was like my daughters are dating me and that she needs to they need to see your story of how you overcome and that's how I birthed my book but it wasn't just enough I didn't want to just give a book with no action I didn't want to drive awareness with no action so I launched Doves Network which stands for daily overcoming violence and embracing safety because as I wrote the book I started seeing the science behind what I experienced I thought it was just me but then I also paired with learning the science of getting trauma informed was that there's this is happening more. But mothers are losing their lives. People are losing their lives. The kids are witnessing their parents being murdered. And it was that uneasiness in my heart that I feel like, OK, though, that those words my mom mentioned, it's time for me to pick up the mantle and do what I'm supposed to do and bring this awareness and shine a light in the dark places amongst the faith community. This summer, I took an extended break from working, and in my time away, I was able to make even more space for my mental wellness. Whether you're a working mom, stay-at-home mom, or a stay-at-home and work mom, sis, your mental wellness is valuable. And that is why this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. You know you've already been thinking about it. Now is the time to take that step to make some time for 
you. Having a therapist has helped me pace myself, remind me of my growth, and also holds me accountable to my mental wellness goals. BetterHelp is just as convenient and affordable as it is necessary. Problems can come from every part of our life, and it's vital that we have the appropriate tools we need to tackle them, and BetterHelp can assist you with that. For me, instead of solely focusing on the problem in front of me, therapy has shifted my perspective into having healthy solutions and improved my communication skills. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com evolve today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com evolve. Tiffany, I love what you said. I just, I got stuck there. I was listening, but I got stuck. You talked about your mother experiencing domestic violence from the age of seven to 17, and then she broke the curse. I love that. And I feel like it's worthy of highlighting because so often we feel like if we're going to break the generational curse, we're going to break it because it doesn't happen with us at all. But in reality, breaking the generational curse means saying it will end with me. It may have shown up in my life, but I want it to end with me. And it sounds like you were able to do the same thing. I love your perspective about domestic violence, about surviving it, but also about witnessing it. Because what we see becomes seeds, whether we're seeing something incredible or we're seeing something that is challenging, something that is traumatic. And you saw the fruit of what you witnessed showing up in your own life. One of the reasons why I love Angelina so much is because it's not just about a woman's experience, but it's about how her daughter is witnessing this experience as well. Taya, can you talk a little bit about your decision to really make this something that was generational? You didn't just zoom in on one aspect of a woman's experience, but you, I don't want to give too much away, but you also cross into a grandmother, a mother, and then her daughter. We see three generations represented in this project. Tell us why you did that. You know, um, hearing your story would like really, really moved me. Honestly, I just had to throw that out there just because like and just I, I hear so many stories that are so similar to that. And it reminds me so much of Angelina. So like it was just crazy. I almost started crying. <laughs> um, but I think I guess for me, it was like I heard so many stories that, you know, because, you know, I, I feel like people don't just like wind up in those type of situations. A lot of times it can be a generational thing or it can just be, you know, maybe like the cards that you were dealt or, you know, it can be, you know, insecurity, you know, maybe that person's like filling a need. Um, so like, I, I think um, it was just, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think it was just that, that, that was what I heard a lot of times. Um, and then, um, yeah, I really wanted to, I really wanted to, what am I trying to say? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was literally just stuff stuff that I heard that happened very, very often. So I just decided to use that in my story. And then for me, you know, uh, the main character, her daughter is what really motivates her to get out of it because she's seeing her daughter, you know, she's going through these things and she's remembering, you know, what happened to her because she was seeing her mom, you know, get abused. Not to give away too much, but, you know, she was seeing her mom, um, you know, get abused by her father. And then, you know, she was seeing that play out in, you know, in her her and her daughter's life as well with her daughter seeing that. And so like, like thinking about, you know, the trauma that seeing her mom get abused caused her 
and then you know she 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 does not want that for her daughter she wants to she wants to be able to break that cycle for her daughter she wants her daughter to you know do better than she did and live better than she did and make better decisions and be more whole so um so that was really why Tiffany I know you got a chance to check out the trailer what did you think when you first saw it powerful powerful um when you come into even the trailer, when you see the initial onset, you she's already you can tell she's already in a state of that. They say when you experience trauma is fight, flight or freeze. She was in freeze mode and you were able to see within there, within that clip, the emotional abuse, the verbal abuse, yeah. the gaslighting that went down, just a typical just disregard for where she's at. But you could tell there was even there was like there's something there with the father. Mm-hmm. Right. So there was some illusion of trauma. Like you haven't talked to him in years. So something may have happened. And in that moment, it connected back to the beginning of like, OK, she's in a freeze mode because if she hasn't talked to him, you don't know the, the wealth of emotions, but also the lack of care for the child. That's always your cop out. Right. Is your your daughter. She's in her best. She's trying to do what her best interest to protect her daughter. Right. But her daughter still hears. Even, and that's one of the biggest myths is like they don't they don't hear. Let me hurry up and stop it. Even those little seconds, her daughter's hearing that that has an impact some type of way. And I feel like the clip you showed me was like powerful. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely I'm excited to see the whole series because in a sense, it feels like a little bit of my life being shown because yeah. I was that little girl. Right. And when you talk about the generations, one thing that I know is like, I'm the youngest of four. I'm the youngest. And I saw it from the ages of seven to 17. My mother never grew up in a domestic violence home, but she married my dad when she was 17 years old. So she was still a young girl learning how to be a woman but never seeing that. But my father grew up in a domestic violence mm-hmm. home. He saw my grandmother abuse. My grandfather abused uh, my grandmother. So when you talk about generation, it's going even on the offender side as well. Yeah. Uh, the, OK, so I love. Yeah, Tay is shaking her head. The idea of it happening on the offender side. I actually wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um A woman often feels unable to receive support or ask for help or be open about her experiencing domestic violence because she is afraid of the shame connected to it, of the judgment that will be passed on her because she didn't leave or how could you stay in this situation. I want to talk because there's no way this podcast reaches like 60,000 people a week. There's no way that we're having this conversation and we're not talking to a woman who is currently experiencing domestic violence. There's no way that we're having this conversation and not talking to a little girl trapped inside of a woman who witnessed domestic violence. And so first of all, you're listening and I want you to know that we see you. We're trying to create the type of content, the type of resources that allow you to come out into a place of safety and to just allow us to walk alongside with you. 
No one's trying to force you to make a decision right now. No one's trying to put any pressure on you. We want you to know, first of all, we can get in this thing with you. And so thank you for trusting us with this part of your life. Uh, For some women, it's domestic violence. For other women, it's molestation. It's rape. It's teenage pregnancy. The list of the things that women experience are long. Some of them are things that they feel like they got themselves into. Others are things that they feel like they just stumbled upon. Tiffany, I want to know, can you give us a little bit of perspective on what it's like to be that woman experiencing domestic violence, witnessing domestic violence, and what is it that keeps her from being able to say, I need help? What is it that it does to her inner self-worth and her self-value once she's already gotten trapped in this cycle? Why is it so challenging um, for her to walk away? Yeah, that's who has some that's a compounded question. Um, because again, you are trying to understand how did I get here? Yeah. How did I get here? Because a lot of relationships, when you get in, you don't anticipate it's gonna go down this path, right? So a lot of the red flags you you feel like I should have saw it, but if it's normalized. If you grew up in a home where you see it, even if you didn't see physical, everyone also has a misconception that domestic violence isn't just is just physical. Verbal is verbal, emotional are way worse. It's it's sad because those are the invisible scars that live with you. Right. Mm -hmm. So verbal abuse can even start at home from how your parents talk to you. Mm -hmm. And if you are. If you feel like this normalized dysfunction is what it is, you may have not known, like, I didn't think this is as deep as what is as what it was. I've had survivors tell me I didn't feel like I measured up to count this as domestic violence because I wasn't being abused. I didn't look like those women in those images. You've had generations say, well, at least he's not hitting you. Stay there. Because you're being taken care of. So there's this internal turmoil that's happening where it's really a constant state of fight, flight, or freeze. You also not not sure of what the offender is saying to the survivor or the victim. And I still say survivor. I like saying survivor more because Mm -hmm. it gives you that empowerment that you need. Um, Whether you're in it or you're out, you are a survivor. Every day that you choose to make one Mm -hmm. path forward, you're surviving. Um, You don't know if there's fear on the other side of I'll do something to your kids. There's the gaslighting to make you feel, to twist your words around and get you to doubt yourself. Who's going to believe you? Unfortunately, society is such a victim blaming culture that when stories come out about domestic, about, about domestic abuse in any shape, form or fashion, we are trying to discredit the victim story, survivor story. As soon as it comes out, like, and the, those who are in it are looking at that. Is, am I going to be believed? Is the truth enough? Mm-hmm. What if I don't, what if I can't articulate what what's happening? It's, it's the internal battle that's consistently happening mm-hmm. and asking for help. You like domestic violence happens to any race, any gender, any socio class, like socioeconomic status. And you can be the highest VP and find yourself in it. And now you, now the my standards are for myself are high. How did I get here? 
Now I got to ask somebody, is family going to be, well, what, my mom and I were on the run. The most re-traumatization happened with me was through family. Wow. Because family is judging, well, well, you must like it. You keep going back. You must stay. Well, if I give this to you, if I help you, you better not go back. At the heart of it, there's still love. And it's not just easy to leave. That is actually the most dangerous time is just leaving. You have to have a safety plan together. And sometimes when you get out into like you get out of that relationship it is a hard battle a hard role to daily overcome that violence and embrace safety so the compassion and empathy that's needed to wrap our arms around this community is at the utmost highest because there is so much domestic violence is rooted in power and control and it doesn't matter how long you've been in it if you've experienced it you just want to feel control, your control back. You want to feel mm -hmm. empowered. You ultimately want to feel safe. So when we talk to survivors, we let them know we believe you. That statement alone is powerful because you want them to feel safe. Yeah. We trust what you need. Right. You have to give the, the affirmations to get them in place, because even if you don't want to talk about it or want to talk about it, we want to. It, it's I don't know how to put it into words. You know what I'm saying? That's why I was like, it's so compounded because there's so many different layers, but I hope that helped answer and shed the light on, on your questions. It did. And I think that it gives us an opportunity to understand how we can create safety as a community. One of the things that Taya chose to do in creating this story is that she allowed another woman to serve as an outlet, a safe space for the person who was experiencing um, domestic violence. And I think that it speaks to the power of sisterhood in general to help us overcome, to help us feel like we are equipped with tools and just safety to be able to speak out and to talk without judgment. Um, Taya, you've obviously you have, a, you have sisters, you've uh, done Woman Evolve. Um, can you talk a little bit just about the power of sisterhood, which I think is really important because just as Tiffany mentioned, in sisterhood, we have the opportunity to re-traumatize one another, to look at another woman's pain, to look at her issues and to say, oh, I would never let that happen to me. Or what were you thinking? How could you go through that? Or we can say, I understand. Walk me through it. What are you feeling? What are you sensing? What do you need? Taya, talk to me a bit about sisterhood and how empowering or painful it can be uh, when it's done well or poorly. Yeah, no, what, what you said about, yeah, like it's, it's very easy to to say like, oh, that could never be me. I could never let that happen to me. I could never do that. Like, that's that's simply not true until you're in that type of situation you like until you you know you don't you don't know what type of cards people are dealt with like so you really really can't judge so um yeah just i think i just think being compassionate i think even to be able to create this story like i had to almost put myself cuz i've never been i've never been through a situation like that but i had to put myself in kind of like their shoes like and have compassion and empathy okay well like how did this how did this happen it's not just like 
what it's not the what it's like the why and the how you know what i mean what led to this what you know um so sisterhood is is incredibly important you know just having yeah like you said having that safe space having people around you that that don't judge you that make it a complete non-judgment zone where you can just speak openly and 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 they believe you and they trust you kind of like what what you both have said you know um yeah, no, sisterhood is is incredibly important. Yeah, having yeah, having that non-judgment zone and just people that yeah, people that yeah, have empathy for, you know, whatever you might be going through. It's it's just it's very important. Uh, I think one of the things that I've been trying to do as a parent is really create empathy, even in my parenting. Um, Tiffany, you mentioned that verbal abuse often begins at home. And I think a lot of things that we do or that I experienced culturally, I won't make this everyone's experience, um, was really gaslighting emotions, telling you how to feel or how you should not feel. And I'm trying to practice this with my own children in creating space where they can communicate even if I'm like, girl, you don't pay no bills. You don't have to go out in this real world. Like, what are you talking about? I want them to become comfortable expressing what they need. What's stress? Now my six-year-old's like, I'm just really stressed. I'm having a stressful day. And at <laughs> six, I could have never said I was having a stressful day because you don't pay, like, there's not one bit. You don't make your own food. Like, I put your lotion on. Like, you're not <laughs> stressed about anything. But that's her truth. That's her experience. How do we continue to create opportunities within our children where they are comfortable telling their truth so that we don't have adults who are afraid to verbalize their truth. Do you think there's a connection at all? I'm just wondering um, with verbal, sometimes emotional abuse being the foundation to what ultimately becomes physical abuse. What can we do in the childhood stage that allows our children to feel freedom and visibility and support in what they are experiencing? so that they can know this is a red flag if I can't express myself um, in a relationship. Yeah, no, that's great. And you hit it on the, the nose, really, is like creating that safe space for them. A lot, as a parent, you have to, and I've learned this through my adult daughters, though, it's like, it's not that your experience is invalid we as a culture sometimes, and I'm again making it personal, is like this is what I've gone through, like hearing it from a like when my mom read my book, she was like, I didn't know you were going through all of this. I didn't even know you. I was just trying to survive. So many of our parents come from generations of surviving that they saw this how mom handled it this how mom said this how mom parented me look how i turned out even still that's kind of how the lens sometimes is looked is like i turned out fine you'll be straight come on let's go i ain't got time to do all that like it is a new shift of making space and sitting there with your child and sitting there and hearing them out you don't even have to have the answers be comfortable and sitting in silence right mm -hmm. be comfortable with leaning in on what they want to do encouraging their them to have creative expression they may not want to uh, have a conversation in a family meeting they may want to walk around the block be open to be flexible to their methods and how they can grow and develop. If there's other areas of like peer support groups that they can even get into that's their age that help influence that as well to cater to their strengths of what we're, hey, as a family unit, this is what we're gonna do together. This is how we're gonna communicate and connect. We have tough talks or 
we this is where just whatever's on your plate, share it out. But commu- enabling an environment that fosters safety and communication is the most important and being okay with just because this blueprint was handed to me from past generations, I, I can rewrite a new blueprint for my generation, starting with me going forward down to future generations. Tiffany, I feel like, oh, no, 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 please. You have to finish. You have to finish. I was just saying, it's okay for us to honor our parents, love them and acknowledge two things can be true. They yeah. did what they could in the space that they did, but there's so much more tools to help us be healthy and whole that they didn't necessarily have a, a, like an mm-hmm. access to, right? Yeah. Like even when I look at my father who offended, I still love my father to his dying day. And it was a, I was able to see had daddy got the tools to learn this is not how you resolve conflict. He would have been a different husband. He would have been a different father. He wouldn't have yelled like that, but that is how that generation came down. But I'm going to make sure my generation with my kids and how I parent that I don't model that. Yeah. Finding the right doctor is like having a comfy dress with pockets. You want to tell everyone about it. ZocDoc, a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them is an app you'll love using and one you'll share with anyone who will listen. I know I do. ZocDoc has quality doctors at your fingertips and reviews from real people that have recently been seen by them so you can take the guesswork out of finding the best care for you or your loved one. Scheduling appointments has never been easier. ZocDoc is very user-friendly and it has just about any kind of specialist you may need. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Woman Evolve and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com slash Woman Evolve. ZocDoc.com slash Woman Evolve. You know, Tiffany, I love that you are giving us the tools to really see life beyond our experience. But I want to commend you on not just surviving, but growing, because a lot of us survive, but we stay in the same shape of our trauma. To go the extra mile of seeing things through your mom's lens seems easy, right? Because she's the one who experienced the trauma. But to go beyond that and to begin to wonder what would this have been like had my dad had different tools? I'm still able to love him and see past this expression of who he was, this expression of his pain. I think it speaks to the reality that if we are only seeing life through our lens and our expression, our experiences, then we can never serve humanity. We can't make the world a better place if we think the world only has one perspective. Uh, I think that's why I'm so proud even of you, Taya, for creating this project, for saying this doesn't necessarily have to be my experience for me to want to see this experience through someone else's eyes and to try and give them expression. There's no doubt in my mind that people are going to be watching this and saying, finally, someone sees it. Someone gets it. This is what I went through. And now I get to relive it in a way that is liberating, to relive it in a way that allows me to cry the tears that I couldn't cry then because I was trying to survive, things that I couldn't process 
then because I was just in the moment. And so I want to commend you too, Taya, for looking beyond your own worldview, your own experiences and saying, I'm going to remove my experience and step into someone else's shoes and try to give that voice and try to give it reason. Uh, Taya, I want to know from you, like, what is your greatest hope for this project? What do you hope that it does? Who do you hope gets to see it? You know, I think my greatest hope for this project, for people that have been through the situation, you know, domestic violence, you know, situation or not, like, I really just hope that they can, you know, like, like remove any judgment that they may have and just find, yeah, true compassion and empathy for people in different situations that they've uh, been through. And then for people that have been through that to just give them hope, like, you can get out, you know, maybe people have never seen it in their family. Maybe, maybe it is, yeah, been passed on from generation to generation and they've never, you know, maybe none of their, yeah, none of their parents or grandparents have ever gotten out or maybe they've never seen, you know, anybody around them get out. Like, I want to give them hope that you can get out and even like, um, that you, that you can forgive your, your parents too. And, and, and you just kind of really, yeah, like kind of like you guys have been saying, like taking off, um, taking off your lens and putting on someone else's lens, understanding why your parents, you know, got into those situations under, you know, maybe you didn't even know that it happened to them, you know, or, or they were, they were you at one point, you know, they were the child watching their parents get, you know, get abused. Um, so, you, um, I think really my hope is, um, yeah, just to give hope for people that have gone through it and for people to, yeah, just be able to see things through a different lens and a different perspective and have compassion and empathy. Beautiful. Tiffany, uh, this is the time of the year where many organizations like ours shift their focus towards domestic violence. And yet you're doing this daily, literally daily. You're helping women to overcome violence. I am wondering as we shift our focus uh, this month to specifically allow the women who have experienced and are surviving or have survived domestic violence space in the conversation. What is it that we need to know? What is your hope with this project? And I know that we're going to put an end card on the end of the project about if you're experiencing domestic violence, but are, you know, do you want us to send them your way? Do we want to just use the national hotline? How can we be good stewards of the visibility that this project is going to receive, even this podcast, so that we can make sure we are are equipping women with tools and resources to begin to really plan the next stage of their life. Yeah, thank you for asking. And again, thank you for making space and being able to foster an environment that says, I see you, we see you. Um, My hope uh, with the project is again, bringing awareness and taking it a step further to understanding that impact and understanding that, hey, make that acknowledgement that if this is you, There's a tribe that supports you, that will help you. Yes, absolutely. You can send them my way because I want you to feel a lot of times we feel when we call the national lines that it's just re-traumatizing to go through it. Or is there a disconnect? And culturally, there's all these stigmas with different systems. If you feel safe by seeing this, seeing my voice and hearing me, call Doves Network. We'll walk you through. Here's what you can anticipate. Here's what you can expect. We can even give you that warm 
handoff with your permission to the organization that's local to your city because we want you to know we are with you through this continuum. It's not just a, hey, call one time. If you need continual support of where are the resources, what are the legal resources, financially, how can you heal? We're here for you for that. And this project is, I feel like it's going to be, it's going to be big (laughs) y'all. Like, thank you for like what Pastor Sarah said, for putting yourself in the shoes of the survivors to tell their story, tell a fraction of their story. Right. And so my hope is that we, we understand what it looks like that we don't continue in a pattern. I'm not saying anyone has, but if you have continued in a pattern of normalizing the dysfunction, right. Of like that, when there's certain things that come up, even on the shade room, like we may jump into conversations uh, and jump into comments field, but putting that lens on as Taya was saying of like that empathy and compassion of what is truly happening. How can we pray? How can we come along? If you know someone that is in it offering, how can I help you? Not quick fixing them, not saying here, I got suggestions for you. Be a resource as well. How can I help you? But also if someone may want to come to you as a safe space, you know the resources that's available to wrap arms around them as well. And being able to know that, hey, I got support, I got a tribe, and I'm equipped. That's what this month is about. These organizations like myself, we go harder in the month of October because we want to let anyone know who's experiencing this, we're here. We're doing it every day, like you said, but in this month is extra emphasis to get the word out that a lot of things that you're seeing should not be normalized. A lot of things you're hearing should not, but that there are people who are on the front lines waiting to serve you and love on you because as the Bible says, they will know us by our love and by our love, we are making space even for you in this type of situation. Uh, Tiffany, I can't thank you enough for the work that you do. Thank you so, so much. Um, I think that as important as the work that you're doing is that it deserves as much acknowledgement and awareness as possible. And I'm just proud that Woman Evolve gets to support you in any way that we can. You got to tell us real fast, how do we get plugged in with Dove's Network? Yes, just go to dovesnetwork.org, D-O-V-E-S network. Um, you can send in, you can call us 480-382-9774. Connect with us on social media, info at dovesnetwork.org. And we're, we're here to start with you. I can't wait. I'm so excited um, about this project, but most importantly about the harvest and about the women who will feel a little less alone. So thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak with me today and for helping us to evolve those who are experiencing domestic violence, those who are just in sisterhood with women to help us evolve and to see things in a better way. Taya, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Uh, You're going to be blown away by the response. Yes. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Bye. I tried to told you. (laughs) We want to make sure that we are continuing to help serve women in every facet possible. If you enjoyed this conversation, please join us on Woman Evolve and let us know how this conversation is helping you to become a better woman, a better sister, a better friend. 
I'll be back next week, as promised, with an unpacking of what that woman that white loose moment meant to me and what I think it means to us all. I love you deep. If you want to be my co-host, don't worry. We're not going away with the regular format. If you want to be my co-host, send us an email, podcast at womanevolve.com. Or let me mind your business. You all up in mind. Let me mind your business by sending me an advice question to podcast at womanevolve.com. I love you. I'll see you next week.